Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes filles et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. This is the French-Canadian Legacy News. I am Jesse Martineau, and we're going to start the news uh, with an article that actually appeared in Down East magazine called Thoughts on the Past and the Future from Eight 100-Year-Old Mainers. Now, to kick off their celebration of Maine's 200th birthday, the magazine spoke with a number of Mainers who have been around for half of that time, and there are actually some really, really interesting Franco-American stories in there. The online review of Rhode Island History has an article by Patrick T. Conley called Ethnic Politics in Rhode Island, the Case of Franco-Americans. The article talks about how the Republican Party was able to capitalize on the rivalry between uh, French Canadians and Irish Democrats. And it then talks about the rise of importance of the Franco-American vote and the transition uh, from Republican to Democratic Party of the Franco majority Franco-Americans from the 1920s. The magazine France Amérique has an article about Esther Dufflo, a French-born American citizen and MIT professor who won a 2019 Nobel Prize in economics for her research into the fight against poverty. France Amérique also has an article on OFAL Lycée, the first online American French high school, which will be opening in September of 2020. Now, this school was intended to prepare students for the baccalaureate exam, which would allow the students to continue their higher education in France. And we will actually be having an episode about this school coming up. I think it's a pretty interesting project. David Vermette's French North America blog has an interesting article titled An Impending Race War in Canada? Victorian Englishman Explains Quebec to the U.S. In this article, David discusses a piece written by Walter Blackburn Hart in 1894, The Forum, which was an eminent U.S. magazine of the late 19th and early 20th century. Now, in this article... Hart predicts an impending race war between French and English speakers in Canada, a collision he describes as imminent and inevitable. Hart also included the following opinion, which I had to write down because I was amused by it. The French-Canadian masses, ground under the heel of political Romanism as they are, are emphatically not fit for manhood suffrage. There's actually a lot more to the article, so definitely highly recommend checking it out. Patrick Lacroix's Query the Past blog has an awesome post called Ethnic Anxiety and the Race Problem. Now, one of the things I find most compelling about Patrick's work is that he is fearless. Like, the guy's not afraid to ruffle some feathers. So, in this post, Patrick discusses the temptation to make comparison between groups of historically marginalized people. And he ultimately concludes that we today cannot compare the Franco-Americans to visible, visible minorities in any meaningful way. It's just a really good read. Claire Marie Brisson's North American Francophone podcast has a couple of new episodes out. The first is called Policy Perspectives and Linguistic Realities in Francophone America. In this, Claire Marie talks with Max Bone, a research fellow at the Africa Center for Strategic Progress at the Elliott School of International Affairs at my alma mater, actually, the George Washington University of D.C. Uh, the fact that caught my attention that I was absolutely not aware of until this, actually, is that Paris is no longer the largest Francophone city in the world. That's now Kinshasa. There's a bunch of other really interesting stuff in here. 
The other new release for this podcast is called Yves Fait Fret, Adapting and Staying Warm in North America. Now, in this episode, Claire Marie discusses how early, early French learned how to adapt to the climate in Quebec, and she includes lessons the French learned from the Native Americans, as well as some discussion about food and drink. She mentions one drink specifically called caribou that I've never had, but I'm definitely going to be trying in the very near future. Because of the holiday, there was a bunch of really good stuff written about Christmas in the past couple of weeks. So the French-Canadian genealogist has a really interesting article called A French-Canadian Christmas, Traditions from the Era of New France and Beyond. Starting in the 1640s and covering all the way through about the 1930s, the article touches upon a number of things we have talked about here on the show. You know, Midnight Bass, Réveillon, Minuit Chrétien, Pork Pie, a lot of really cool details in here. Juliana LaRousse, Franco-American news and culture blog, has an article called Celebrating Toutière by Sharing Traditions. Now, this takes a little bit different take as Juliana actually writes about a Jewish tortier recipe, something I hadn't seen prior to this. Patrick Lacroix's Query of the Past blog has a fun article called Bender's French-Canadian Holiday. In this, he gives writer Prosper Bender's 1888 account of the French-Canadian winter holiday traditions. Uh, a number of lines that made me laugh uh, when Bender talks about the New Year's get-together. He writes, Refreshments are liberally served, often quite beyond the peasants' means. Such hospitality is not to be refused, and one must partake freely in compliment to his successive hosts. As for events coming up, obviously we got a bunch in the beginning of the year. The Club Met out of Augusta, Maine is having a New Year's Eve party tonight. They will have a band, there will be a champagne toast, and the event kicks off at 7 p.m. The Franco-American Center of Manchester, New Hampshire, will have its monthly Pret-a-Parler events on January 7th. Now, this time, they're actually holding it at the Murphy's Tap Room in Bedford, a location I'm actually finding kind of funny. As always, the Alliance Francaise of the Lake Champlain region have their regular conversation groups in Plattsburgh and North Hero. But every second Saturday of the month, they have a meetup at La Villa Bistro and Pizzeria in Shelburne called Deuxième Samedi, where people get together and have a great meal and talk French. That event will be on the 11th. On the 15th, they will also have a social hour at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Burlington. On January 11th, the Franco-American Collection at the University of Southern Maine will host an oral history workshop with oral historian Molly Graham. In this talk, the historian will provide some of the best practices on how to obtain excellent oral histories. The Museum of Working Culture in Woodsocket, Rhode Island is having a lecture on January 12th. This will be given by Dan Peliquin called SOS, Saving Our Stadium. In this chat, Peliquin, who is the lead architect on a project, will offer his first-hand account of the process to re- rescue and refurbish Woonsocket's Stadium Theater, which was built in 1926. Our friends in New York also have a number of things going on. On January 19th, La Fédération Franco-Américaine du New York will be hosting a French film at the Troy Public Library. The name of the film is Sans Famille, and it follows the main character who grows up on a farm in a poor family and then is actually sold by his father to a street performer and kind of becomes a traveling showman. The French Culture Center in Boston, as always, has a ton going on. They have a conversation groups on January 15th and January 17th. Their book club is also getting together on January 7th and January 21st. On January 8th, they will be screening a movie, Le Drapeau de Papier. Now, I think what's super neat about this one is the director of this movie is only 19 years old, and I guess he's really starting to turn some heads out in France. And in an event that sounds like something I would certainly be all about, on January 16th, they are hosting a holiday hot beverages tasting. 
One last thing I'd like to talk about is a project that I think is really awesome. Uh, this is musician Robert Sylvain's project, Meme's Notebook. Now, Robert inherited a book of old Acadian ballads that was written by his Meme, and Robert took this book, did a ton of research to find the melodies that went with the words, and recorded a CD. He also translated the songs into English, so you can listen to either French or English. Uh, he started an Indiegogo campaign to help raise money for the project, so for one super reasonable price, actually, you can get a CD of the songs in English, a CD of the songs in French, as well as a songbook with the music notation, the lyrics, the translation, as well as notes and sources for all of these songs. I think it's just an amazing project, a really great way to preserve and promote our culture. So if you would like to join Team French Canadian Legacy and purchase this package, we will include links in the notes of this episode. So as always, uh, we will actually include links to for more information on anything I've mentioned in this new segment. Finally, I just want to thank everyone for what has been an amazing year for Mike and I. When we recorded our first ever episode in January, we uh, really weren't sure what to expect. We just were honestly hoping to put out a product that we could be proud of, a product that would do justice to the people whose stories we wanted to tell. Uh, But this has become so much more than we had imagined at the time. Just this past month, I've spoken on the phone with listeners in California and New Mexico. We have interviewed an author in France. We've had listeners from six continents, and we're definitely still holding out hope for that elusive listener in Antarctica. We have connected, in fact, indeed made friends uh, with listeners in Quebec. Uh, And we've had other Quebecois listeners younger than us who have sent us messages of encouragement because they think what we are doing is important. And along the way, we have invested way more time, met way more super smart, super interesting people, and learned way more things than we ever thought we would when we started this project. And we cannot thank everyone enough. I think one thing that we have really learned along the way is that there are plenty of people out there who want to hear this story, who want to hear our story. It has been a great 2019 for the French-Canadian legacy, but Mike and I are way, way excited about what 2020 will bring. With that in mind, I'm going to hand it over to Mike to discuss next week's special episode. Thanks, Jesse. Next week's episode is a special episode, so we won't have our typical bonus question at the end of this episode. Next week, Jesse and I are going to talk to you about our goals for the podcast in 2020. Jesse and I have been working behind the scenes, and we have a lot of exciting announcements to make next week. So we hope you'll join us next week to hear about them. And I just want to say how much fun it's been editing this podcast each week. We really appreciate all your feedback, and we hope you'll keep listening in 2020. And I want to wish everyone bon année. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair To think that everything they love we simply do not share But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.